Welcome to the Expert Network Team podcast. Where our goal is to inform and educate our listeners on matters related to finance, legal, insurance, accounting, and other interests that are of personal and business nature. We hope you will find our content useful as well as entertaining. The Expert Network team consists of Carl Frank of ANI Financial, Mike Miller of Miller and Associates CPAs, Jeff Cromendike of Security First Insurance Agency, and I'm Nathan Merrill. I'm an attorney at Goodspeed and Merrill. Together, our independent team combines our expertise to provide you insights and solutions, some straightforward, some profound, for real-life opportunities we see on a daily basis. We hope you enjoy the information contained in today's podcast and find it useful. If you'd like to learn more or desire to meet with any of the Expert Network team members in person, you can contact us at info at expertnetworkteam.com. That's I-N-F-O at expertnetworkteam.com. And we encourage you to take advantage of a free consultation with any of our team members. Just mention this podcast when you schedule your appointment. Now on to today's podcast. All right, welcome to today's podcast. Um, we have some interesting things to talk about today. I'm here with, uh, this is Nathan Merrill. I'm here with Carl Frank. It's Hi, just Nate. the two of us today. It is. We're, we're holding down the ship. Yep, we got Jeff off doing something important with family. That's and, a big deal. Um, we are ourselves trying to figure out how to deal with uh the relocation of Mike Miller in some respects, right, kind of that's a virtual relocation to yeah. Texas, which yeah, absolutely did spur some of the kind of remembrance that there are some things we need to circle back here, particularly as it relates to our grand experiment of last year. Right. And it COVID. was grand in so many ways, but the culture, um, yeah, we had talked a few weeks back about culture and how important it was to maintain culture within our organizations and how that helped. A good, strong culture helped us get through the the pandemic. But it's it's the um, kind of now it's the how to side of that question. Like, what did we do? What worked? What didn't work? I love it. Kind of a post mortem on how did we respond and how did it, how did how did we fare? One of the things that I think is understated, and maybe in today's culture it's not. In today's world, it's not. But certainly in business school, and I was going to school when you were there, at the same time in the in the law school side of things, we didn't talk about company culture nearly as much. It was systems, it was people, it was HR management, but culture was really the. Um, a marketing item or something. It was just kind of, you know, off the off on the sidelines. But I got to tell you, in the past year, if you haven't got it, like you're out of luck. And it's a hard thing to build. Especially with, I think, the emerging workforce. Because, you know, and, and I, I can't think of all the authors I've read on this who have kind of differentiated the cultures. You have the boomers, you have the Xers, and now the, the millennials. Groups. Right. And every, you know, in all honesty, every generation has a problem with the next generation. Of so course. The, the boomers thought the Xers were slackers, and the Xers think the millennials are slackers. But the real the real crux of it is our values are different. Yeah, that's right. And 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 that's the, the challenge, I think, in company culture. Again, kind of borrowing from our prior conversation is how do you get multi-generational companies seeing things the same way, or at least an alignment as to where we want to take the company, even if right. millennials aren't, aren't looking for the same 
security accumulation Apparently of assets not. or whatever. You know, they're looking for experience and flexibility. Yeah, all that they stuff. They want to be inspired. I loved I, this is the Breakfast Club. You, you, you and <laughs> totally. I love it. It's totally. the Breakfast Club. There's this great scene in the Breakfast Club. I don't know if you and I've talked about it before, but the janitor of all people is telling the principal who hates the four kids in detention. He's just really or six kids, however many there are. He's really angry at him. He's talking to the janitor and the in the He's telling them how awful this generation is, right? Right. And the janitor says something along like the lines of, well, all kids are awful. It's always been that way. Right. Right? And that was Gen X. That's our generation, Nate, believe it or not. We're the, I think we're maybe at the older end of that. But anyway, you know, our, our, the previous generation thought we were slackers. They thought we were horrible, right? And we grew up really cynical because we've always been around post-Vietnam. And and now this generation. Cold War. You know, you know, post, we, oh, we, we, we did grow up War. actually you know, drills under our desks, that sort of thing. Exactly so, right. Then, it was terrifying. But then the fall of, you know, and this is where it's interesting when you talk about what defines a generation. The events that transpired, I mean, I often, again, we're, we're getting a little off topic here, but I think all this stuff is very important. Is like you think of our grandparents' generation, the greatest generation that started at or before the Depression and, and went through the Depression, the great wars, you know, um, went from buggies to space travel, the things that our grandparents wow. saw. And and when I think back to my grandparents and how, like, accepting they were of all this change, like, they didn't resist change, I think, nearly that's as so much true. as maybe we do anymore. But You know, that's really an interesting insight. So could could that generation have made it through today's pandemic? I've worked with a couple of 90-year-olds who are like, even from the outset, they're like, I, I'm not even paying attention. To this. Right. It's like, not even a big deal for some of them. Right. Isn't that amazing? They've been through much worse. Yeah, they have. Um, That's exactly right. World War II, for goodness sake. Perspective of age. And yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, all this stuff contributes to the challenge of maintaining Culture and bringing today. people together, right? Especially yeah. within our companies. It's too bad we don't have any more octogenarians or nanogenarians working for us today. It would just be a little bit tougher and easier to come back right into the office. But we've got folks who are we're still scared, and we got to respect that fear. Yeah. So, um, in talking about this, um, I think it would be you know interesting to explore what it is we did did in response, right? And what we feel worked well, and things that we're still doing, perhaps that we feel have legs that that are even post-pandemic things that we can use to I can't wait to, to learn from you. And I can't wait to learn from Jeff at our next podcast, too, because he's going to come in. Yeah, so we're going to be doing this in two phases. Um, and so this is uh, uh, Maintaining and Strengthening Culture, Part 1. And it's, and it's really more with a focus of, you know, the pandemic thrust upon us an opportunity, a challenge, as, as they say. You know, the Napoleon Hill, um, with every adversity, there's a seed of greater opportunity. Absolutely. And that is... You know, I'll I'll start there. That is actually the quote that I started out my first virtual company address quoting. Um, I, I referenced my my grandfather who grew up, like I said, through all those those challenging times. And in my in his waning years, my conversations with him never once did he mention the struggles of the depression, the great wars. Anything like that. His his primary focus was on us and the future, and it was it was quite. And I didn't. I don't think I appreciated it at the time, but it it gave me perspective looking back. 
as um, as we were now embarking on one of our greatest supposed challenges, oh, which no was kidding. the pandemic, is like we will look back on this and hopefully it won't even be hardly an afterthought. That'd be great. Right. Or it'd be horrible if that were the case because so many things are so horrible ahead of us that it makes us look like a blip. That would not be a good future. Right. So the other thing I, I like I said, I use that, uh, and I firmly believe this, with every adversity there's uh, the seed of a greater opportunity. And I just encouraged everyone on my team to kind of view their immediate situation that way, both just in their personal lives and their personal challenges, and also just in how they're going to do their job going forward, recognizing that it's um, going to change dramatically with COVID. And then uh, I'd like to solicit some of your ideas. The last thing, I think we tried to take a position of transparency, which is, look, guys, Mm. we've never dealt with a pandemic before. Let's be honest. And so we we figured out the technology to get everybody remote. You know, we jumped on the Zoom bandwagon at first, um, but there were multiple platforms available. I had fortunately been kind of investigating this stuff ahead of time, so I was generally familiar with it. But I know some companies were just like, Zoom, what's, what's Zoom? But being transparent with your workforce, I think, goes a long way to establishing trust and and respect that they don't that you're not pretending to know exactly what's going on and how this is going to play out and just be honest with them your thoughts especially they would see right through it in today's world you can't fool anybody in in that regard you know i love that transparency part and humility goes a long ways too towards leadership in a time of crisis i mean you have no idea how long it's going to last or what's going to happen next. And and certainly even right now, we don't know when everybody's going to feel confident coming back into the office and, and getting back to normal. And will that normal look the same? So, you know, transparency, humility, these are really big deals. I, I, I can't wait to learn from you and, and, and get some ideas. One of the things that we did here that I think is really important, and I'd, I wish she was able to um, – to be on the podcast tonight, and and maybe we can bring her back someday. But but we made one of our um, partners the the culture officer, the chief culture officer, and 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 her job was to make sure that the core values that we list on our website mm-hmm. we're actually living through, living by, and 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 by focusing there, Nate, it actually made it easier to get a lot of our jobs done. And and I'll take one of them for example. It's really easy. We do what we say we're going to do, or something along those lines. And and so when somebody doesn't get their job done when they said they'd get it done, you know, we can look back at that. And that that's a good one for remote work, mm-hmm. right? Because, the accountability side of it. Yeah, because it's just written right there, and we all agree to it, and we all love it when other people are doing it, and we can have a different type of accountability. When, and especially, you know, I've heard similar uh, kind of accountability or quasi-similar accountability structure talked about Netflix, where there's basically peer review uh, on performance that, that, you know, there's, you're not judged against an arbitrary standard. You're judged by your team as to whether they want you on the team. And that's the, the best judge of whether you're a contributor is whether people like working with you and yeah. feel that you're, you know, essential. Yeah, component. But the accountability is a big part of that, especially and this gets back to maybe how I would convey it is a little more abrupt and and paternalistic is to say, look, if you want the privilege to continue of being able to work remotely, we got to have accountability. We got to make sure that work's getting done, yeah, right? That's and right. and it's great that you can work in your pajamas. It's great that you can work at nights on weekends whenever you want, but timeliness and and quality 
cannot be compromised. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's hard to do. We invested. I mean, another thing we did, we had to buy new software to track our work and make it easier. So we were lucky. Like a project software, project management? Exactly. It's exactly what it was. For us, it was the equivalent of a call center software so that when our clients call and need help, that we can track it and make sure nothing is forgotten. And it's spread out to all the people, wherever our people may be. Uh, What's the name of that? We're using a software called Zendesk. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's it's first class, and you know I don't want to pimp out a particular <laughs> software, but we love no, it. No, it's good to know what's out there because it's I, good. Um, that that's interesting. Yeah, and so it actually track it, it can integrate with your project management and tracking In communications. Theory, it'll integrate CRM. all of that. Yeah, right now we're using it on a standalone, and we're and we're starting the integration with okay. our CRM. We're starting the integration. I'll keep you posted over the next eight weeks. Excellent. We've started that. But, yeah, that was one thing that we did. The technology, obviously, really helped. But and how early on in the pandemic did you? Well, we broke everything, and we retried everything for repeated times. And so Zendesk is the latest, greatest iteration, and I think it's the last one okay. for that solution. So believe me, we made a lot of mistakes along the well, way. Well, you know, and that's, that's exactly the point I was going to make is some of the things we've uh, developed, for lack of a better word, um, and have made official programs mm-hmm. were started kind of in the random ad hoc right. experiment. So I'll tell you, you know, we have a great leader within our corporate practice, and he took it upon himself to, w- without being asked, you know, we asked every, him to make sure people's work was getting done, that people knew what they needed to do. We just, we had to kind of, uh, distribute decision-making, as it were, and distribute responsibility because, you know, I couldn't walk around the hallway and check in with everybody anymore. So we had to put that responsibility on other people. And and he came up with an idea to have, I think at first it was a daily check-in with folks, like a 30-minute call. And then it's it had evolved into a, it may even be an hour long now, but it's only twice a week where, where he checks in with people and it was primarily focused around workflow and making sure they had work to do because the the thing we wanted first and foremost with the pandemic hitting was make sure we didn't have to have a reduction in force. We wanted to keep right. everybody busy um, and and working and collaborating and, and, and that being one of our cultural components that we were intent on trying to maintain was the collaboration, which is a lot harder to do or it seemed, again, I don't. We go into these events, these these challenges, with certain assumptions. Like it's going to be, you go in with the assumption it's going to be harder to collaborate. Right. I but think then, it is. But. So how did you get around it? Well, it's it's just a matter of using diff- tools differently. You know, using yeah. uh, you don't have the open door concept Not to be anymore. able to pop in on people. But if you learn how to use these tools like Teams right. and yeah, Zoom so better... You're a big Microsoft you can, Teams company, yeah, aren't you? I'm, I'm totally into Microsoft Teams. And it is because it it replicates a quasi-drop-in. Like you can it's go... not bad. You can go visual and just like... Right. Just, you get the same but different impact as you would just dropping by someone's office to drop in and have a video chat with them. But the, or pull uh, up a whiteboard on the screen and start right, drawing things out. and start out drawing things out and that and sort of typing stuff. Typing and people can type over it and yeah, we're 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 getting into it too. And uh, so that was a big one is the collaboration that we, yeah. we tried to maintain. We wanted to keep people in, and so these early renditions of 
just collab meetings, which I, to be honest, we didn't, it kind of happened organically before and now we're very intentional about it. So whether that makes it harder or just different, I'll let you decide. But I think intentionality is, is a big piece to making um, what used to be organic and natural we have to still happen. You have to try harder, don't yeah. you? And everybody's social, and and it's so easy to hold up. And if you've got um, introverted people in your office, like it's that much easier for them. For them to just disappear. Yeah, and right. maybe they and maybe they are getting a little too introverted, and they're feeling a little bit lonely out there. And so, if, if I can tell you where we took this yeah. this corporate thing, so just kind of observing, you know, I got the opportunity to observe from a higher level every the the more microcosms of interactions that were happening around the firm. Um, some people were coming back, some people weren't, and how that was affecting kind of perception and culture and that sort of thing. So one of the things I took to, and, and it was about November, December. So we're almost, what is that, nine months Ooh. into the pandemic? Yeah, but it's still right in the heart of it. It was still scary. It's still, yeah, we still had no known no, right. end date, we didn't have right? The end. We didn't have the end yet. So we instituted a program within our organization called PODS. And because I'm a tax attorney, everything is an acronym, right? So PODS, it was kind of reverse engineered because I was thinking in terms of PODS, small groups of people. But I, I called it people organized or personnel organized for development and service. And the goal is behind PODS, we would keep it to small groups of five or six people at first, there's a, a designated facilitator who's someone on the leadership team. But what I encouraged everybody to do is kind of rotate the responsibility to just come up with, to lead the discussion. We get together once a week. Um, I picked a fairly unproductive time of the week, which is 8 o'clock on Friday. I've since learned that some people <laughs> some people are so unproductive at eight o'clock on Friday yeah. that they wouldn't even Depends show on the person. up. Right. right. So we moved some of them to eight thirty nine. But the idea is we're we're getting together just like you would some. be around the cooler, you know, cooler yeah. talk, and just getting to know each other. Yeah. And so, did you structure questions? Was the goal at did first? You set a goal? Yeah, yeah. At first, we it. we would circulate with the the group. So we uh -huh. did, used a randomizer. So we got we got. Oh, nice you know, mixed up teams right. every month. And yeah. we do it on a monthly rotation. That's great. And with that initial invite that goes out, we say, here's some suggested, you know, conversation, get to know you type questions. But in, in honesty, especially as the groups get to know each other better throughout the course of a month, you just kind of talk, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Here's something funny that happened to me over the week. You know, you just, you talk like you would have. It's right. not forced. It's not, yeah. some people engage more, some people engage less, but some people who are just passive listeners are the people that enjoy the interaction the most. The most. That's so true. And That's and, surprising, isn't it? And so even though this isn't a culture thing in terms of we're transmitting a mm. you know a value it's it's right. a it's a connectivity issue mm -hmm. of just feeling matter. and I would describe it as a sense of belonging. You know, people stick where they feel they belong. Mm. And um Part of that belonging, and I think we talked about this in our culture podcast, is is part of belonging is having an alignment with the goals and values of the organization. But part of belonging is just feeling cared about, yeah. feeling, yeah. you know, that's um, really powerful, like you matter. Yeah. So you know that's that's one thing that we did. 
And it worked. To create connectivity. And people are still doing it. They like it. And, and you know, going back to the transparency, what I explained when we rolled it out is that we like to, even though we're in kind of a, hopefully a transitory pandemic, that this right. is not a permanent state of being, yeah. Yeah. That these things that we are adopting and implementing, we hope to become integral parts permanent. Yeah. of our future because we do anticipate, this gets back to opportunity, we do anticipate that there is going to be some flexible work right. environment. I don't going think we forward. can ever go back to the, exactly the way it was. Right. And we might not want to. Things like the pods, it sounds like a group. It helps of fun. to keep, it helps us to. Yeah to legitimately consider the idea that we will be a partially. Now we've talked with some businesses and business owners who have gone and maybe even pre COVID went completely virtual and they have said that it has completely killed their culture. There uh, is no company identity. That's really hard. Yeah. And so you can't just say, well, we'll too. go virtual and yeah. not do additional things to maintain that corporate right. identity. Right. I think it's really hard. I mean, the, the cool thing about the four members of the expert team, we've all got small companies and, and we're all dealing with similar issues, but I think it might be a slightly or impossibly different task, difficult task for some of these huge companies to try and build culture. Yeah. They're going to have to break their companies down to much yeah. smaller. And thinking about pods and randomizing, oh my gosh, you've got 13,000 people or a hundred thousand people and you got, you right. know, then you have tens of thousands of pods it could be really random, but that could also be so much fun and really motivational, I would imagine, for a lot of these um, people to get to know each other. And one of the things that we think about here, you know, it's the commute. And and we, you know, in, in before the pandemic, the commute to where our office is in Denver was bad. Right. Right. And during the pandemic... Every commute it, in Denver is bad. Right. It's not good. No. Right. During the pandemic, it was great. Right. The sky turned blue and, the, you know, the roads... <laughs> you and I up. were the only ones in this building sometimes. <laughs> I we know. The whole, it was like... It was, it was almost like post-apocalyptic. You thought like... I know. Anyway, go ahead. It was awesome. <laughs> it was so great, right? It was great. I loved that. That's so true. And 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 now it's crazy again. Now it's worse actually than it was before. So so the the commute I think is going to keep people from coming into the office if nothing else. I think that um commute, Or is a reason not to. Like, right. Exactly. It's a reason not to. And so you don't need to so we need to build up things like the, your pods idea. I think the culture officer is a great idea. I uh, one of the things that a couple of things that we're doing um, you know, lunches. So right. we're, we're, lunches on Mondays are free. Come into the office and get a lunch. You know, we'll, we'll buy you lunch. We'll all eat together. And it's a working meeting, don't get me wrong, but that's our culture too. We always had a working meeting over lunch anyway. And pre-pandemic, it was that way. But during the pandemic, we haven't done it. So, you know, we're kind of hoping that people want want that, you know, and that, that'll work. Um, one of the great ideas I heard that I wish we'd implemented during the pandemic was, okay, so lunch, uh, we can't do that anymore together, but you go out and lo frequent one of the local restaurants and the company will buy it for you. All you have to do is write a review on Yelp for your local favorite restaurant. We'll buy you lunch, right, up to a certain price. Right. I love that idea. I right. wish I thought of it back then. Yeah, no, that, that's very good. Um, so another one of the things that we did that was a virtual reproduction of what would have existed previously, and, and this actually becomes more, it's me drawing a little bit on kind of old school tech or old school ideas and adapting them to, to the technology. So if you remember back in the day, and I don't know, you know, you see this on Greece, and I can't remember if they ever did it in my high school or not, but like that morning, ding, 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 <laughs> and then they have the announcements and everything. Absolutely. 
it was kind of the same idea, but we created a concept called the digest where, um, and our, our attempt is to do it at the beginning of every month to kind of give, uh, you know, basically make announcements, introduce new team members. So we like, I'll do an interview with all the new people that we've hired on and just kind of get to know you. So they have a little interview, um, shout outs to team members, you know, highlights to people who have done exceptional things or gov- gone above and beyond. We were doing COVID updates that way, kind of here's where we're at, here's where we see it going. And it was just like a little, uh, you know, I was shooting for 15 to 20 minutes, but some of them actually extended upwards of a half an hour of just what's going on, what they should be looking for. So our cyber initiatives, trying to get, because, you know, we right. talked about that, cyber has we gotten did. crazy. It's so, so dangerous. So our, our, our technology, our C, um, COO was the technology guy, and he would talk about the initiatives we have going out, what people need to be aware of. And it was just a way to keep everybody informed of what's going on, hearing from leadership, which I right. understand is apparently important for some reason, like anyone I don't know why anyone would want to hear from me, but you know, I just kind of I I I, I fell into kind of the news anchor role where I just kind of nice. directed the traffic. I like it through the digest. Everybody gave their little contributions, and it wasn't the same people every time. And uh, month to month, it was just something we delivered to everybody. And it was kind of like the idea of when you used to gather everybody into the conference room, right? right? All hands meeting. Right, all hands meeting, and half the people wouldn't show up because sure. they were in somewhere else. This allows people to consume it on their right. time. In the car, wherever they are. Exactly. They turn off the video, and, so, and they're, you know, again, as present as they are. strength through adaptation. I yeah. think we, we took and reproduced what was essential in that all hands meeting that used to call people to. We got better penetration, and we have a record of it. So it's now, you know... It's root. Yeah. It's just what you got memorized. It's what you do. You know the cool things that came out, and this was really surprising to me. So we we still do this, right? We still run our investment committee meetings, and everybody comes in, and I'm still the chair of our investment policy committee. But, 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 but the leadership transformed in these meetings, and one of our team members volunteered to be the leader, for a month, and then and then got everybody else to volunteer being the leader for the meeting. So, it, it, as you know, running a big meeting can sometimes be really a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, right? Yep. So transferring that was a huge burden relief for me, and it let them show their leadership skills, and it also let everybody just grow and feel more interactive, and they loved it, and the energy picked up, and everybody thought, ooh, what's this going to be like? This is fun and different, and so the energies on the Zoom meetings just went way through the roof, and, and people had a really good experience, and new leaders have, have really you know risen to the top here at the firm. It's been fun. You know, that's a very good point, and I would, um, in full transparency, um, say that's probably something we could we could do better, and it's definitely part of our culture is the invitation to let other people innovate and come up with ideas and solutions. I think broadly our culture is used to quote unquote leaders, people with titles, come up with all the solutions, and I think we could have done better encouraging and soliciting and enabling our our ground level or you know the, the 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 workforce to derive some of these solutions well that's really i appreciate your your honesty on that that's really good insight and and you know i i i can relate to that um almost on the opposite end where where at our firm everything's a task force and so i'm always trying to let people get creative and and form a team around them and make it happen and then and then tell the rest of us what their ideas are and and if we're all on board we'll, we'll 
will go that way. But sometimes that can be an opposite thing too. So if I were to admit a weakness, it would be a, um, I could probably be a even more direct leader, I think sometimes than, than perhaps I am. And, and, uh, and sometimes I think other people in the firm might feel like, oh, we're, we're leader-less. We could really use a... Someone leading the charge yeah, into the... right, at that point in time. And so it's a balancing act, yeah. right? And, and you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, would, I, I would be really interested in seeing what the opinions are about, about how we survived the pandemic from the team. Maybe that's something we can do, a, uh, you know, some sort of an internal... Kind assessment. Of yeah, we're a 360, people, whatever they call a it. A 360, but very, very, you know... Just be yeah, interesting, right? You know, wh- Keep it anonymous thing, and safe. You know, I think the reason why, especially in small businesses, where you know yeah. you're you're kind of an owner slash yeah. founder, oh, yeah. and uh, yep. I'm a founder the owner. Same. Yeah. The reason why we come up with solutions is we care. Yeah. And that's you know going back to culture. That is the the more important thing when when people care, and this is why I go back to belonging, and feeling like it's something that you believe in. You, I think it's 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 a inherent or natural inclination to want to keep it going. So the more we can help people develop that kind of identity with their jobs, let alone the company, but just starting with their jobs, like how do I improve this? How do I make it better? How can I be better at what I do given this challenge? And having them come up with their own solutions helps them, wow. I think, feel a stronger really sense does. of ownership. And of what their... a difference they're making. And that it builds so much loyalty and, and it, bur- it relieves a lot of burden on the, the owner founder. To have to solve everybody's problem. Because you can't. Yeah. We can't. We're only human. I mean, that kind yeah. of is in line with uh, you know, a book I think you and I are both familiar with, which is uh, Chuck Blakeman's Why Employees Are Always yeah, a Bad Idea. I love that. Is developing stakeholders in the business. And the, the essence of their stakeholdership is their responsibility of their jobs they don't have to be owners per se but they got to own their job i love that they that, own their role that's going to be a great topic for a future podcast yeah and in fact uh speaking of future podcasts i think we have slated to come up here speaking of books i guess is my point is some of our book recommendations things that we think that have been inspiring or helpful or just entertaining over it. you know the last year, the last decade, whatever it is, um, I think you and I are planning on at least introducing some of those. I'm really looking forward to that podcast. Well, Nate, this was great today. Any closing thoughts from you? Any any final thoughts? Well, yeah. If there's again, the pandemic has has kind of opened my eyes to the opportunity of um, always be evolving, like always be looking for the opportunities to. Don't don't wait for the external forces to create the necessity to improve. It's just, and I, I used to tell my when I was scoutmaster with the Boy Scouts, I used to always tell them question everything. Like, why are we doing it this way? Always just question. Don't don't be a jerk about it, but just question what why. And I need to do a little more of that. Like, how can this be done better? How can we innovate? How can we improve? And I love um, that. I love that. Always be evolving. Mine would be, and I learned this from you just during the podcast, how important it is to always be caring. I mean, and expressively caring and letting people really know that. That's a big deal. People who know me will know that how you learn that from me is kind of a... Eye-opening? Eye-opening. Surprising? I I don't view myself as conveying or... (laughs) 
projecting <laughs> that that kind of thing. Maybe deep inside, there's that you know I'm like the Grinch when his heart was like just starting <laughs> to grow too, too small. small. Yeah, it was there, <laughs> but maybe it'll grow through this pandemic. Uh, and you're I'll be, a mean one. Yeah. All right, Nate. That was a great podcast. Thank you for your insights. We'll talk to you next time. All right, bye-bye. Thanks for all you, and uh, have, a, have a great night. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you enjoyed the information we shared. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with someone else. And join us next time. If you want to meet with a member of the team, please contact us at info at expertnetworkteam.com. That's info at expertnetworkteam.com. If you have special topics you'd like to hear about, please reach out to us and let us know at the same email address. Again, that's info at expertnetworkteam.com. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We want to remind you that listening to this podcast does not establish a client professional relationship with any of the firms represented nor does it constitute legal, investment, or accounting advice, and the views are those of the professionals only. Investment advisory services may be provided through a Financial Services, and securities may be provided through Genios Wealth Management. 